Hey there, friends of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Valerie Millsaps, Executive Director here, coming to you with the Armored Truth Podcast, where we will talk about standing on solid ground as leaders in our community that surround the issues of the sanctity of life and talk about a hard subject, abortion. So as we pray on our armor each and every day, how can we do that in a loving, truthful way as we continue to deal with an aggressive enemy and use what God has equipped each and every one of us to use? Armor Truth will be a place to empower you, to encourage you, and to equip you each and every week to speak for those that have no voice. We are so glad you're here with us. So we're in for a special treat today. Here with me on the phone is Claire Colwell. Her life is a true miracle and our heart with the Armored Truth podcast is to equip encourage and inspire you and I know without a doubt Claire will do that today. Claire you are part of stories that are coming to the forefront now more than ever. Stories that need to be told and I'm just praising God that you are here to shine his light today. Uh, Claire is taking time out and um, she's actually on spring break so if you hear voices in our home or her home it's um i mean it's just the joy of what we get to do uh claire is actually an abortion survivor and i just want people to let those two words sink in for a moment because i mean you can enlighten us on how you are walking you are a walking testimony of for surviving abortion can you share with us today Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so, uh, you know, just feel so fortunate to be able to share my story um, with all of your listeners and uh, just kind of put a face and a name with what we actually are dealing with today and what we're seeing, you know, in our uh, legislature and, um, you know, just like you said. Um, So I uh, grew up. In a Christian home, I uh, am adopted. My sister's also adopted, but abortion was never a word that was spoken in my home that I remember. Um, adoption obviously was talked about a lot. I always knew growing up that I was wanted, chosen, and loved. That was kind of you know my identity. I, I knew that those things were true about me. And so when I decided to meet my birth mother, I knew that no matter what, uh, the circumstances were behind her placing me for adoption, no matter what I was found find out or, uh, you know, maybe there might be a disappointment or maybe it would go great. I, I didn't know what to expect, but I knew what was true of me, and that was that I was wanted, chosen, and loved, um, not only by my, my parents um, through adoption, but also uh, through God. And so... I uh, set the meeting up to meet my birth mother after my sister had met her birth mother, and her reunion had gone incredible, and so I thought, okay, I need to meet my birth mother, at least reach out to her and thank her for what she had done for me, because I knew that she had given me the two greatest gifts that I would, you know, possibly ever receive, and that was my life and my family, 
And so I reached out uh, through my adoption agency because I had a closed adoption and my birth mother agreed to meet me. And so we met in this in-between spot and she brought her family and I brought my family and it was this wonderful reunion. We laughed together, we cried together, I shared pictures, um, I was able to see who I looked like and, uh, you know, just, just see the things that I had in common with her, which was incredible. But most importantly, we were able, my family and I were able to thank her for what she had done for me and for us, for our family. And so uh, we went home after that meeting and I knew that I wanted to continue a relationship with my, my birth mother. And so we set a second meeting up and it was in the second meeting that she told me something that changed the course of my life forever, something that I never imagined I would find out when I met my birth mother. I thought the worst thing that will happen is she won't want to meet me. And so um, I, in preparation for that second meeting, I bought a ring and a necklace with my birthstone on it. And I wanted to give this to her to remind her of how grateful I was uh, for what she had done for me. And so I got her this this necklace and this ring and I put them in the gift bag and then I got a card and I wrote on the card, thank you for choosing life for me because I knew that was the greatest gift I had ever been given. And so I sealed up the card and added it to the gift. And, and that night when I got there, she opened that gift and I watched as what were happy tears from opening the car, the, the ring and the necklace uh, turned into very sad tears as she read the words that I wrote on that card. And as uh, she broke down, she began to cry. And I remember that her hands were shaking and there was this pain in her eyes that I had never really seen before um, in anyone's eyes. I had never experienced that type of pain even myself. I, I, I had no idea what she was about to tell me, but we walked into this other room in her home and we sat on the bed and she shared about being 13 and pregnant with me and how her parents were divorced and um, she she was looking for love and she found herself pregnant at 13 and her mother said that there was only one choice for her because she wasn't ready to be a mother and so she was driven to a local abortion clinic where she had an abortion at 20 weeks in her pregnancy, uh, which is a um, D&E late-term uh, dismemberment abortion. And uh, they told her that her life would go back to normal, but it never did. In fact, a few weeks later, uh, she went back to the doctor and they told her that, oops, her abortion was successful, but they didn't realize she had been pregnant with twins and I had survived her abortion. And they did try to uh, get a second well, they asked for a, a second abortion there that day, and then they were even referred to Kansas and made a third request for an abortion on my life. But uh, because of the risk of infection, they weren't able to do that uh, second abortion. And so my birth mother delivered me uh, 10 weeks early. I was 30 weeks uh, gestation when I was born, and I weighed three pounds. I had dislocated hips and club feet and... Um, <clears throat> other complications throughout my first year of life. Um, but I, I'm just so grateful that I was able to, to find this out and I was able to, because of how I was raised, I was able to uh, respond in, you know, 
love and forgiveness and grace. I, I know that my birth mother, you know, never imagined what this one choice would do, uh, not only to her life, but to my life and, and affect so many other people, uh, like my daughter, who wouldn't be here if that abortion had been successful in my life. But also, you know, when I asked her if I could share this with people, um, after I, I fought it for a little while, I really didn't want to talk about something so controversial, um, especially when it affected me in such a personal way. Um, but I did. I asked her if I could share this with, with you and with people across the country. And she said yes, because she never wants another little girl like her or another woman or family or even generation to experience what we have because of abortion or because of one choice that is made and, and that the abortion industry is telling us that it will fix a problem when it never does. Wow, such a powerful testimony. And I'm sure that you have as well as we have at our pregnancy center, just as you share your story and of course as we get to share about the pregnancy center in our area, I mean so many um, like your birth mother, they feel like they have no other option uh, and are pretty much coerced into having an abortion. Do you see that as you share your story? I do. Um, there, you know, there are so many reasons that women and families come to the conclusion that abortion is the best uh, choice for them. Um, but so many times we we don't like to think about how many women and, and little girls like my birth mother are being forced to have an abortion. I mean, I, I imagine my birth mother has said many times that she did not have an option. Like, this is what her parents told her she was going to do. They, you know, there was no other option. There was no way out. There was no hope. Um, there was no positive to, to this experience she was going through. And so... She was, in a way, forced to have an abortion, and this is so common, and especially when it's when it's not a woman's decision herself, it, it's even more traumatizing. Um, abortion is never easy. It's it's never. Um, I, I haven't met anyone that can tell me that their abortion experience didn't traumatize them, didn't affect them for the rest of their life, um, but. What I have found is that abortion is the opposite of empowering women. Um, if we want to empower women, we need to tell them that they can do both. They can have a baby and a, and a family, and they can also pursue their career and go to school and do the things that they love and continue to live their life to the best of their ability. Um, we should never be telling a woman especially forcing a woman against her own child for the sake of living her life and um, being happy. That's just so good and just so much truth in all of that. How has um, knowing that you were a twin, um, being able to speak about this, uh, just kind of affected on that end, knowing that you did have uh, a brother or a sister? I think that it gives me a kind of a, a purpose behind sharing such a, a tough 
story, such a controversial story, something, you know, what I, what I have to say, a lot of times it's, it's very uncomfortable for people to hear. Um, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear it because they don't even want to know the truth um, or they don't care about the truth. And so for me, it's given me motivation, um, even in the midst of right now, you know, our stories of the different types of abortion survivors, mine being a twin abortion survival, um, it's given me this drive uh, with our stories being on the front lines because there is a lot of um, pushback. There's There's been a lot of um, division and uh, people that don't want to believe our stories. And so I just continue to vow, um, even though I can't necessarily, I didn't grow up with my twin, I can't imagine what that's like to have a twin per se, um, but it's given me somebody to continue to share my story in honor of, um, because my twin deserved better than what uh, happened to him or her. And my twin deserved a chance at life because he or she was just as human as, as I was during that late-term DNA abortion that um, ripped his, his or her body apart, you know? And so... Um, I, I just will continue to speak in honor of my twin. I loved even what you said, too, about being wanted, chosen, and loved. I think so many people believe the lies that they aren't and how truthful that is. Uh, how can people, I mean, there be some listeners that maybe have heard your story for the first time Knowing what they do know now, and a couple of weeks ago, I, I interviewed Melissa Odin, too, so this was just a, a, a phenomenal follow-up, uh, your story, uh, along with that. What can people do now that they know? Uh, where do they go from here? There are so many things, uh, so many great things happening in our country right now, Um the most important two things I can say that people must do, when you, when you realize that abortion is taking the life of the human being, when you realize that women deserve better than abortion, uh, and that abortion is harming and hurting women as well, and families, um, you can't be silent. Because this is, I mean, just like the Holocaust was, and, and just like, uh, slavery was, this is an, an injustice. This is a human injustice. And this is a human rights issue. And so we have to do something. To, to sit in our seat and, and claim to be pro-life, but not to do anything, is exactly what is going to keep women having abortions and keep abortion clinic doors open. And so we must do something. Um, so, the, so the most important thing we can do is, is to speak up and to pray. Um, everybody can do that. Everybody can pray, and everybody can go home and talk to their family and talk to their friends and start this conversation, st start this conversation, share the story that I just shared with you with your friends. Hey, I, I was listening to this podcast, and, and I heard this incredible story. Let me share this with you. She encouraged us to do something. Let's figure out what our community group or what our church or what our neighborhood can do to help women uh, through in their time of need and empower them to choose life and, and be able to have a baby 
and keep their career and go to school or whatever they're they're trying to accomplish in their life. So everybody can pray and everybody can start the conversation. Um, further than that, there are so many different things going on in different states. There are pregnancy resource centers. Um, they need financial assistance to be able to uh, help these women when in their time of need, walk them through a pregnancy test and ultrasound uh, they provide different types, provide different medical services or um, material assistance services, and uh, they're really meeting the immediate need for these women that find themselves in crisis pregnancies. And so uh, getting involved and, and financially contributing is a great way uh, to start in your area. Um, there are also, we're trying to push through as many uh, solid pro-life bills as we can, and so calling your representatives and your senators um, and telling them that you know you want them to push through and vote yes for pro-life bills to protect women and protect babies from abortion and um, hold the abortion industry accountable to uh, medical standards and things like that. And so um, calling them, uh, getting involved in lobbying and things like that is is also beneficial. Um, you know, there, there a lot of states have different March for Lives and, and different, uh, your church may have uh, 40 Days for Life uh, where you can pray outside of the abortion clinic in your area. There's so many different ways to get involved, but the first two places I would start is praying, uh, start praying as a family and start the conversation in your home and with your community. I love that. Thank you so much. Where can people find you and follow you uh, and, and follow you in your journey as you share and uh, just speak the truth and love to so many? Thanks. My website is clairecolwell.com and I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, for Twitter and Instagram, it's at Claire Colwell. On Facebook, it's Claire Colwell's story, twin abortion survivor. I would love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your story. Um, I'd love to see, you know, how I can help and, and support anyone that has had an abortion or, or might be pregnant and listening and, and considering one. And so um, reach out and, and follow me. I'd appreciate it. Well, thank you so much again for sharing today. And I know that it will um, stir something in hearts of people like it should and that they will uh, know that they uh, can do something about it. So thank you again for jumping on and sharing today. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. I'd love to say one, one last thing is that if anyone has had an abortion that is listening, um, there is so much hope and healing after abortion. I have... Um, I can't stress enough how, how much I have forgiven my birth mother completely and want her to experience healing and, and hope after her abortion as well. And so um, y'all provide at your local pregnancy center, do y'all have a post-abortive ministry that people can, can walk through? We do. We do one-on-one. -on -one, and then if they want to take a deeper level, which we encourage, we have a local ministry called Deeper Still. 
um, and they can connect. And it's actually a healing retreat that they go on, and their whole mission is about healing the abortion wounded hearts. And I know that's with, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, the, I am um, just as much as I am passionate about you know giving a voice and and humanizing the unborn baby. I also want women who have had abortions to experience. Uh, forgiveness and healing um, and so yeah anyone that's listening I would encourage you to reach out and uh, walk through that program it's incredible yeah definitely and just you know that's what we tell women that we see you know if they're uh, struggling with the abortion decision if they make that decision to know that our door is a revolving door and that we are always there for them and with the movie Unplanned, I saw that you got to uh, attend that premiere showing of that. That's coming out next week. Um, is not not only for the the abortion wounded hearts and those facing crisis pregnancies, but actually the workers too. So uh, it's a great uh, movie to see. I know that you got you got to see it. What was one takeaway from that? Gosh. This movie is going to, uh, you know, continue the conversation even more than before. Nobody can walk away from this movie saying they didn't know what abortion was doing, what the abortion industry was about, uh, what abortion does to a woman and child. Nobody will be able to walk away and say they didn't know. Um, one thing that has been shocking to me um, throughout since I found out my story 10 years ago when I met my birth mother, is that people have an opinion about abortion, but they really don't know what abortion does or what abortion is. They, they really don't know the details. Right. And, and so this movie will really educate people and will show the reality uh, so that people can really decide on their own, you know, how they feel about abortion. And so I would encourage everybody on both sides of the fence that this movie really does show the good and the bad of both sides. Um, and, and it's just a really real movie. I, I feel like even someone that maybe doesn't agree with me uh, could watch this movie and, and feel okay about it. And so um, I would encourage every single person we need everybody there on opening weekend so that the media will pick it up because that uh, number those numbers count for how many how many seats were sold on opening weekend which is the 29th and so i would encourage everybody to go see it and invite their friends great i cannot wait to, to see it uh, thank you so much for all that you've shared just so much and we'll actually be able to link all your uh, where people can connect with you on our website so um, they can find you. Wonderful. Um, so, again, thank you so much. And uh, until next time, friends, we'll see you again on Armored Truth. Thank you for listening to Armored Truth Podcast. For more information on this podcast or show notes, you can visit us at armoredwithtruth.com. You'll be directed to our blog section to listen to more or past episodes. You can also connect with us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also visit the main website at youmakeherbrave.com where you can take being not only a hearer, but also being a hearer and a doer. 
can learn about being a volunteer. Be a monthly partner. $30 a month saves one life from abortion and helps us walk side by side with that new brave family. So again, thanks for tuning in. See you next week on Armored Truth.